Hi, and welcome to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. We meet every Saturday at 11 a.m. at 584 Franklin Road in Franklin, Tennessee. You can find out more information on our website at koldodi.org or watch us live on our Facebook or YouTube by simply searching for Koldodi Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. Father, we pray you open our eyes to build wonderful things from your word, B'Shem Yeshua. Lord, open our eyes, help us, teach us through your word, and uh, anoint it, we pray. Speak to us beyond what we have planned in Yeshua's name. Amen. Again, the sound of shofar, the shofar in scripture, want to look at that right now, uh, and seven shofar stops. So who said, who remembers, who said this statement, a chicken in every pot and a shofar in every backpack? Does anyone know who's made that? Henny Youngman, <laughs> Henny Youngman Michael. <laughs> Michael's always going to call us. Okay, it was actually, uh, no one said it. I just made that. All right, it was, uh, but, you know, it was a chicken in every pot and a back, no, and a car in every garage. 1928, the U.S. presidential campaign slogan of Herbert Hoover. I remember that. I remember I was there for that. I was there for that. The shofar is an awakening sound, isn't it? It's an awakening sound. It's an alarm. It's an alarm. And the shofar says, attention, everybody, attention. Wake up from sleeping, from sleepwalking through life, from being unconscious to the most important part, the most important things in life, really our relationship with God, and the most important aspects of life, which we, we, we'll look at in a moment. And... Uh, but there's you know, another way of getting attention in a crowded room, and that's to ask, did anyone lose a wallet? Let's see. Um, <laughs> that happened to, uh, at a bar mitzvah. Melvin had lost his wallet, and he said, he said I've lost my wallet. He said, uh, I've lost my wallet, and he said, I'm offering $75 to, um, he, he raised his voice, I'm offering $75 to anyone who can find it. And then a voice from the back of the room cried, I'll give 150. <laughs> so, you know, you never know what will happen at a bar mitzvah. But <laughs> the shofar is an awakening sound. And there are three words in the Hebrew Bible for this word for trumpets, really, for the, the shofar, which we'll talk about. It's katsotra, katsotra, let's try that, katsotra, katsotra, and that's from the word narrow, tsar, narrow. Uh, it could be also tsara to squeeze and chatzatz to separate, possibly. But really, they say narrow the narrowing of the of the of the horn, the shofar, the ram's horn. But <clears throat> but then shofar is the second word. Say shofar. Shofar means to the, the word literally means to harmonize the shafar to to balance, to harmonize and balance, to unify elements, and then teruah. Let's say teruah. Teruah, from the word, the root is ruah, to break. And I, boy, what a song that uh, Bat Rivka was singing, you know, the break. And that's the idea. Think of it, the shofar, the sound of the, the, the God's shofar. God's, we'll just say shofar for all of it, really. 
but the sound of God's trumpet breaks. It has a, it's a breaking voice, you know, of the blowing of the shofar, breaking, has power to break. And so in Numbers 29.1, the, the first day of the seventh month shall be a sacred day to you when you may not do any mundane labor. It shall be a day of blowing for you. Yom Teruah. Yom Teruah. Let's say Yom Teruah. Yom Teruah. The day of blowing. Then it's Teruah. The day, again, breaking. Or Leviticus 23.24. A Shabbat rest, a memorial of blowing. Zichron Teruah, a memorial of blowing, a holy convocation. Now, in Yom Kippur, the shofar, uses the word shofar there, is to be blown, of course. The trumpet is made out of metal, and the shofar is made out of animals, an animal's horn. Usually a ram's horn, uh, ram's horns are used, mostly imported from Morocco, Algeria, and Tunisia, but also woodland kudu, Antelope horns from South Africa are used by some Yemenite communities, for example. Now, there are Sephar Ashkenazi and Sephardic types. The long, curly Yemenite ibex shofars and the Moroccan shofars with their flat surfaces, oxen and cow horns are not considered shofars. In Holland, a goat horn is traditionally used, interestingly enough. But let's look at the seven shofar stops in Scripture. Number one, the shofar is an instrument of praise. It's recognizing God as melech. Let's say melech. God as king, right? Psalm 98, 6, with trumpets, and that's chatzotra, with trumpets, chatzotra, and the sound of the shofar, the horn, make a joyful noise before the king, the Lord. Or Psalm 150, verse 3, praise him with the blast of the shofar. So there's only one ultimate king and ruler, the shofar, proclaiming God is the king, the ultimate only one king. Rosh Hashanah is considered the anniversary of the creation of the universe by God according to Jewish tradition, the birthday of the world. And they get that idea from Breshit, the first word of the Bible, Breshit, let's say Breshit. In the first, which could be also broken down, if you break it down, in the first of Tishri, for the Aleph uh, and the Tishri, first of Tishri, Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning, in the beginning, and uh, of course, got to say this, but you know, many Jewish and Christian scholars see this as a clear proof text that God truly loves baseball. Uh, <laughs> actually <laughs> translates in the but it actually translates as the in the first or the head the head the animate uh, animate to animate to set in motion you know this word rosh remember head rosh means to set in motion the head did not did god create time did god create time when he created the heavens and the earth now isaiah 57:15 says for thus says the high and exalted one who inhabits eternity, he dwells in continuity, in perpetuity, whose name is holy. I dwell in a high and holy place, yet also with a contrite and humble spirit. God clearly exists outside of time and space, although he did create both of them. He operates in time and space, but he's not limited by either. So he inhabits or he dwells in eternity. And I want to dwell in him. And I want to inhabit him. Amen? We, the Bible says, 
We have the mind of Messiah, 1 Corinthians 2.16. We have the mind of Messiah. Yeshua said, abide in me and I'll abide in you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will and it will be done for you. He says, and now children, John says, abide in me, abide in me, remain. The Greek word is meno, let's say meno. It's a Greek word, meno, it means stay in me, stay in me, abide in me. John 15, 4 and 7, 1 John 2, 28, stay in me. We can inhabit God and inhabit eternity. My Lord, you have been our dwelling from generation to generation. Psalm 90, verses 1 and 2. You are my dwelling place. 2 Peter 2, 3, verse 8, with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. It says that we've been raised with Messiah, so seek those things that are what? Above, right? Where Messiah is seated at the right hand of God. For there, our life is hidden with God in Messiah. That's where our life is. That's where we are. We are, focus your mind on things above, not on things of the earth, for you've died and your life is hidden with Messiah in God. Your life is hidden. Your life is, you have a hidden life in God. Dwell in it. Dwell in him. Yeshua lived in God's presence continually while he was here. He constantly did. He said, I, am, I and my Father are one. And that's why he was so unusual, so misunderstood, and so different. He constantly lived God consciously. He said, my Father does this, my Father does this. And he was constantly misunderstood because he refused to be manipulated by what people wanted him to do and wanted him to say and wanted him to, how they wanted him to react. He was constantly living in the presence of God. Number two, the second stop, the shofar has a dual sound. The shofar has a dual sound. It can be an announcement of war or, or with the shout of joy in coronating a king. So think of it, it has a dual sound. It can be the sound of fear or the sound of cheer. Either way, victory or defeat. It can be a frightening sound of alarm, oh no. Or it can be a sound of freedom. Yes, freedom. And similarly, we cry out to God in our pain. We cry out to God like the shofar in our pain. And we also cry out to God in our celebration. You know, hallelujah, but we cry out to God in our pain. The shofar, we, it, we feel the shofar. When hurting and we're in, in need, we cry out to God, but as well as when we, we rejoice in triumph or in God, you answer our prayer, hallelujah, we answer, you know, whatever it is, alarm, in alarm or in relief. Thirdly, third stop, the 10 words, the 10 commandments, the Decalogue, given in Exodus 19 and 20. The shofar, remember, the shofar kept sounding, kept getting louder and louder and louder and louder, getting louder as the word of God was given. Who was blowing the shofar? I don't know. Think about it. Who was blowing the shofar? It was getting louder and louder. Well, the word of God, the moral code for humankind was given, and God gave it. God, we stand in awe of God's word. His word is amazing, isn't it? His words are still true today. Thank God we live in a country that still at least acknowledges the, the, those tablets, you know, in some of our government places. And, but, uh, but anyway, we stand in awe of God's word. Fourthly, Jericho's fall. And I want to look at Joshua chapter 6, if you have your Bibles. Joshua chapter 6. So in Joshua 6, six days blowing shofars as they circled the city. The seventh day, seven times they circled the city 
blowing the shofars. And I count 14 times that the shofar was blown. The con by the way, on Rosh Hashanah, the tradition is you have to blow it a minimum of nine times and a maximum of 100 times. That's just rabbinic tradition. So we're, we're not under that tradition, but we, we're blowing it a good number of times. So the conquest of, of Canaan by Israel's military campaign begins with Jericho in the, in the central region of Israel. And so look at the background. Look at Joshua chapter 5. I love this background to, to Jericho where uh, verse 13, now it came to pass, Joshua 5, 13, when Joshua was near Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and he looked and behold there was a man standing in front of him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua approached him and said, said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? And what did he say? I'm for you, right? No, he didn't. He said, neither. He said, no. He said, rather, I have now come as commander of the Lord's army. I'm not oath. I'm God. He's God-centered. He says, it's not about you or them. It's about God. Joshua fell on his face to the ground and worshiped. Then he asked him, what is my Lord saying to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army of Adonai Sabaoth, the Lord's armies, replied to Joshua, take your sandal off your foot, for your place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Wow. Who are you for? Us or for our adversaries? You know, God has to upend us, knock us sometimes from our self-centered orientation to a God-centered one. A God-centered one. It's not about me. Me, 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 me. It's not about this. It's not about me and you. It's about him. Him. I love this Martha and Mary story in uh, Luke 10, you know. Martha was so busy about so many things, and, Yeshua, and Mary was sitting at Yeshua's feet and getting God-centered and hearing his word. And Yeshua said, and Martha was upset at Mary. He says, why isn't she helping me? And he said, she's doing the most important thing right now. And uh, thank God for Martha, because things needed to get done. You know? But he said, she's, she's preparing. She's in getting filled so that she can. And then she was the one to discern Yeshua's need later on. She discerned his need and, remember, anointed him with the oil for his burial because of the word of God having first place in her life. You have to give, we have to stop. And I think that's, by the way, the sandal off the feet. I'm, I could be wrong on, on this, but I think, you know, the taking the sandal off, it's like, just stop what you're doing. Take, just give me first priority. Take your, you're gonna be here a while. <laughs> just stop, stop, and give me first priority. You're gonna be here a while. Park yourself. It's not about you. It's about me. I'm not for you or your adversaries. So this was the background here. And he's gonna, they're going to take Jericho. He says, and he says, see in verse 6, Jericho was tightly shut up because of B'nai Yisrael. No one was going out and no one was coming in. Then, Yeshua, then Adonai said to Joshua, look, 
I've given Jericho C. It's it's C. It's ra 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 in Hebrew. See, look. Oh, let me see with God's eyes. See with with spiritual eyes. I've given you. It's already in your hands. I've given it to you. Re natati natati. I've given you into your hand. The yah in the yad yad. Jericho Jericho. I've given it to you into your hands. Seven priests will carry. In verse 4, seven shofars of ram's horns before the ark. And the priests blew the shofars, and that's tekah, tekah where we get tekiah from, one single blast. And the people heard the sound of the shofar, the voice of the shofar, kol ha-shofar. And the people shouted a great shout, teruah gedolah, and the teruah, the nine short breasts, and and that's what, and they, and what happened is the walls fell down, right? We see the walls fell down. Amazing story. So we can break the enemy's strongholds with our confession and our trust in truth. Amen. We make our confession. We trust. We make our confession of the truth, and it come, and we can break that enemy's stronghold. When Yeshua comes down from heaven, it will be with a shout and with a shofar blast. In 1 Thessalonians 4.16, the shofar was a key to penetrating the impregnable. And look at chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, what happened. He said, you'll make a long blast with the ram's horn, you'll shout, the wall will fall down flat, and the people will go up straight ahead, take up the ark. Verses 8 and 9 says that they, uh, let's say they blew the shofars and then, well, 9 and 10, 13 and 20, it's, could go through it all, but uh, they shouted and beautifully, Rahab was saved, by the way, they rescued Rahab. It says three times, only Rahab the harlot will live in all her household. Something about households there, by the way, her whole household was saved. It says it three times, everybody in her Rahab, 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 and her whole household, everybody was saved. I think God is faithful to save households. I really do. It's many times in Scripture. So God, God's timing, his method was so crazy, was just foolish and absurd. It seemed really strange. How they, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, but powerful through God for the tearing down of strongholds in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 and 4. Amen? Hearing the sound of the shofar reminds us of who is really in charge, who's the most powerful. It reorients us and realigns us to God's sovereignty, to his reality, that he's in charge. If God is for us, who can be against us? But in all these things, we are what? More than conquerors through him who loved us. And, uh, and this is the victory that overcomes the world. What's the victory? Our faith in 1 John 5, 4. Think about it. Patience, continuance. They had to continue. They had to continue. Did they get tired of it? Going around the wall? Going around? Weary of praying? Do we get tired of praying? Do we say, oh my gosh, it's, gonna, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I, don't, I do. Many times I think, gee, is God hearing our prayers? Is, it seems like we've prayed for this for so long. Is it going to really... And thank God for thank God for the body for fellow for other faithful men. Someone else says no. Just keep God is going is going to answer God and and He does. 
But did they disbelieve everything that, that it would happen? I don't know. 1 Corinthians 1, 18 and 27, for the message of the stake or the cross is foolishness for those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. And God chose the foolish things of the world so he might put to shame the wise, 1 Corinthians 1, 27. That's the story, really, of Jericho. Stop number five, the Midianites are defeated. Look at Judges chapter seven, if you would. Judges chapter six and seven, turn over there for a moment. The Midianites, 300 shofars, 300 shofars with Gideon's army. Eight times they blow the shofars. The Midianite army had spread out across the or Jezreel Valley, I think it should be. And, and in chapter 6, verses 1 through um, 1 and 2, it says, The children of Israel did what was evil in the Lord's eyes, so they weren't faithful to the Lord. So the Lord gave them into the hand of of Midian for seven years. Midian maintained an upper hand over Israel, and because of Midian, children of Israel made themselves hideouts in the mountains, caves, strongholds. So they're hiding in disobedience, and the Lord, but here's the Lord's mercy. So it was, in verse 6, Israel was brought very low because of Midian, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. So they're crying out, and God's going to show mercy. And he's, he calls Gideon. Gideon. Do you ever feel like Gideon? Do you ever feel like you, you're, you're hiding under the... He was hiding under the wine press, wasn't he? Yes. Under the wine press. Like you're not, you're, you're not worthy. You're not eligible. You're not, you know, you're not a good candidate. And God says, no, I'm going to use you. I want to use you. And that's who he was. He's hiding in verse chapter 6, verse 12, 11 and 12. He's under the wine press. That's where he is. And the Lord says, and the Lord comes and says, I'm with you, O mighty man of valor. I don't think he felt like a mighty man of valor. But God says, that's who you are in my eyes. I'm with you. And I'm going to use you. And he says, have not I sent you in verse 14? I've sent you. Chapter 7, over in verse chapter 7, we see the story. Verses 2 through 8. But the Lord said to Gideon, too many are the people that are with you. And I have to, have, they had to know it would be God who would deliver them. So the story is the army is reduced from who knows how much to how much? 32, yeah, 32,000 to 300, right? 32,000 to 300. And so they told Gideon, leading the group, cowardly Gideon, to take shofars and empty jars with torches and then they were to blow the shofars and make a confession. And the confession was for Adonai and for, for the Lord and for Gideon. And for Gideon. And, uh, <clears throat> and so they, they were to arise in verse chapter nine, verse 7, verse 9 and 15. Arise, get down. Kum red, get to the camp, for I've delivered it into your hand. Arise, for the Lord has delivered into your hand the camp of Gideon. Blow the shofars, verse 18, all 300 shofars. Imagine all those shofars all around the camp and say, for, for the Lord and for Gideon. And then down further, it's they blew, the, blew and broke the pitchers and cried for the, uh, the sword of, it could be of or for, Adonai and for Gideon. So who has all power and is really in control? What's our part in seeing the victory. Whose battle is it really? It's the Lord's battle. It's always the Lord's battle. It's not our battle. It's his battle. 
And, and this is the story. They, and so they won. But it's, God, it's never our battle. It's his battle. Uh, we have not depended, Paul says, not that we've depended on the flesh. We don't depend on our own flesh. We depend upon him in Philippians 3.3. 3. It's not, not, no confidence in the flesh. Stop number six is the gathering of the Jewish people back to Jerusalem. In Isaiah 27, verse 13, it says, In that day, Isaiah 27, 13, a great shofar will be blown. Again, who's blowing this great shofar? Edward, no, no. I don't know who's going to blow the great shofar. Maybe an angel, I don't know, but blowing a great shofar. And the Lord's going to call all the Jewish people back to Jerusalem, it says there. Uh, from what I understand, but God will fulfill every single promise. Do you believe that? Or, or will he fulfill 95% of his promises? I don't know. Will he fulfill all of his promises? Yes, amen. Every one of his promises, right? Everything that God has written in his word will come to pass, right? They are all the promises, yes and amen, Second Corinthians 1, 19 and 20. Everything he's promised, and everything he's promised you in his word will come to pass, Amen. The seventh stop is, ready, the resurrection of the dead and Yeshua's return and reign as king. That's the seventh. The, in 1 Corinthians 15, 52, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last shofar. For the shofar will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we will be changed. 1 Thessalonians 4.16, For the Lord himself shall come from da down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the blast of God's shofar, and the dead in Messiah shall rise first. Are you looking forward to that? Matthew 24, 30 and 31, Yeshua said, Then, then the son, sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the land will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He will send out the angels with a great shofar, and they will gather together his chosen from the four winds and from one end of heaven to the other. Wow. Can't wait. Revelation 8, 2. Then I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. Zechariah 9, 14. Adonai Elohim, the Lord God, will blow the shofar. The Lord is blowing the shofar and march in whirlwinds of the south. But perhaps the main message of the shofar is that God has all power and he is in control. And that he and Yeshua will rule one day soon over this planet forevermore. Amen? He's going to. And and uh, I want to close with that. You know, Revelation 11, verses 15 through 17. Listen to this. The seventh angel sounded his shofar, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Messiah, and he will rule forever and ever. The 24 elders sitting on their thrones in God's presence, fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We thank you, Adonai, God of heaven's armies, the one who is and was, that you have taken your power and have begun to rule. Hallelujah. God has begun to rule. Amazing. So, wow, we're going to hear that sound of the shofar, and with the, we're going to, in the future, not just today, but in the future, and with the Lord's coming, 
And his rule, his rule and his reign on earth is going to be exciting times to come. Are you looking forward to that? Praise the Lord. We, we just thank you, Lord, for, for your, your return and, and for these shofar blasts, Lord, for these, your coming. And that, boy, just such a great day, Lord, that we're here today for Yom Teruah. And uh, we praise you, Lord, for being able to be in your presence, Lord God. Bless you, bless you. If you've never trusted Yeshua, never want to close a sermon without an invitation, if you've never, never, you know, had that experience of a new birth where you have invited Yeshua into your life and had that new birth experience, that greatest experience that you could, a human being can have where you've been born again, where you, can, where you, you know that you know God as your Father, Yeshua as your Messiah, as your Lord, just a simple prayer. It's a simple prayer. He's a breath away of a prayer. Just a matter of humbling ourselves, saying, Lord, I need you. I need you. Thank you for dying for me, for dying for my sins, for paying for my sins, that I can have eternal life. I, I don't understand it, but I'm trusting you. I, something is in me saying I need to do this, and I'm saying, Lord, save me. I'm calling on you. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Pray that prayer today. Lord, trust, I trust you. And if you're praying that prayer, please write us, contact us, or after service, contact someone. There will be people up here to pray with you, uh, even though we'll be continuing to worship, but there'll be someone here to pray with you, uh, or contact us if you prayed that prayer today. Praise the Lord. All right, right now, uh, David is going to lead us in, we're going to sing Ein Kelohenu. So uh, let's stand, and we're going to sing this beautiful song for Rosh Hashanah. En kelohenu, en kadonenu, en kemalkenu, en kwoshienu. Mi kelohenu, mi kadonenu, mi kemalkenu, mi kemoshienu. No de la lohenu, no de la lohenu, no de la lohenu, no de moshienu. Baruch elohenu, baruch adonenu, baruch makenu, baruch moshienu. Atahu Eloheinu, Atahu Adoneinu, Atahu Malkeinu, Atahu Moshenu. Atahu. <laughs> I don't do this one very often. Atahu Shenu. Let's just continue. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I don't. Oh, that one's hard. I always have trouble with that last one too, that last line too. I don't that last one, line. Praise the Lord. Thank you, David. That's great. Praise the Lord. All right. The shofar is going to sound. The Lord is our king. Amen. In
similar to what we said before, sound the shofar on the new moon at the appointed time on the day of our festival. For this is a statute of Israel, an ordinance by the God of Jacob. May the sound of the shofar release the captives in Jubilee and proclaim liberty to those who would be set free. May the sound of the shofar be remembered before you, Lord, as we battle the adversaries that oppress us. Shevarim Shevarim Takiya Takiya Terua Takiya Gadola Thank you, Lord, for this new year. Thank you, Lord, that you would just pour out your spirit in a new way on us, Lord, even right now. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Abba, for what you're doing among us, Lord. Yevarechecha, Adonai v'yishmerecha, Ya'er Adonai p'hana v'lecha, v'chunecha. Yisa Adonai, p'hana v'lecha, v'yesim lecha, shalom, shalom, shalom. Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you, yeah, and give you his shalom. His perfect shalom, his perfect peace. And when we agree, we sing.
for generations to come. So sing it. with the angels. Thank you for your blessing, Lord. You are so merciful toward us. We love you and praise you. Hallelujah. Amen. I just want to thank Bot Rick. She's just for leasing the <clears throat> praise God. Just as she was saying that, I just want to mention, um, boy, you know, like, it's coming back to me again in, in, uh, <clears throat> with Jericho. Three times it mentions that Rahab, three times, just check it out, three times that God said, He's rescuing Rahab and her family three times. Mm. And I just think whatever in your families, she's, she was just blessing all our families and the generations. Three, we all have defective you know, people or people in our families. We say, oh, it's impossible. This is just, you know, oh, listen, don't give up on anyone in their family. Don't give or up yourself. on anyone or yourself. Amen. Please keep the mic. Keep the mic. <laughs> keep the mic. Yeah, the mic. Yeah, yeah, amen, or yourself, yeah, whatever, yeah, because, you know, just, just continue to believe, continue to trust. Don't let down. 
Oh, 